Hi, everyone. Welcome to this edition of the Connected Families podcast. We are in a five-part series called The Magnet Says It All. <laughs> I'm Stacy Bellward, and I'm so glad you're joining us. Today is the second in a series by co-founders Jim and Lynn Jackson explaining the core framework of Connected Families teaching as captured on a refrigerator magnet. In this episode, they will be talking about the importance of building a strong foundation, and you'll learn more about how to receive and pass on God's grace and truth to your kids, even in the stresses and the messes of everyday life. Welcome, everybody. This is an exciting session for us. It takes us deep fairly quickly. I love talking this topic with you, my sweets. And I love that we are talking about foundation today. It is really one of my favorite topics because mm-hmm. as I coach parents, particularly I see that when they have these aha moments in their foundation of, wow, I realize this pattern that I'm stuck in or, oh my gosh, I realize what I'm believing about my child and it's so toxic and I just want to do something differently. Mm-hmm. And when they have these internal aha moments, it's yeah. it's like the whole thing begins to change and their, their parenting just starts to become naturally different. Well, and your eyes light up talking about this topic, <laughs> even as I watch you now. And I don't think that's just because of the work you do to help parents. I think that's because of your commitment to building a strong foundation. And I watch you every day, get the Bible in your hands, get a journal in your hands, take thoughts captive to Christ's obedience. Your deal isn't about how to fix people. It's about how to know Jesus' love for you. And that's the essence of a foundation. And I, I fear that so many parents in the mayhem of parenting and going back and forth don't take time for the discipline of looking inward. And I remember a dad that I was coaching with who talked to me uh, about his out-of-control teenage kids. And he described to me how when I'm at work and I've got difficult situations and when I'm with people and when I'm at Bible studies and when I'm at church, like I feel like I, the real me flourishes. But I feel like when I come home with my kids, the real me just disappears. And I become this person that I don't like and don't recognize and, and don't want to be. And I said to him, and I, maybe it was a bit of a gutsy thing to say, but I said, I don't think the real you disappears. I think the real you shows up. And that's a hard pill for us to swallow and do work with. And that's really a true thing. It's like in our homes is where the the real depths of our soul comes out. And sometimes what's there is not very pleasant to look at. Mm -hmm. And it's also where we love most passionately and we sacrifice most deeply, but there's also junk in there that really isn't shown to the public, but it just comes out at home. And God sees all of it and loves us through all of it and wants to help free us from some of that stuff. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah. And there's lots of different ways that people can strengthen their foundation, but I think it begins with a key question that we ask parents all the time. We referred to this a little bit in our last episode. The question is, what do you do or want to do to grow into the person slash parent that you want to be? And when we ask that question, what do I want to do to become the parent that I want to be? It's a whole different question than what do I need to do? What should I do to be a better parent? It's really looking inward to just go, how can I just receive more of God's grace and truth for me so that that begins to define mm-hmm. me? And we love Ephesians 1, 3, where it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And that's the verse reference on the magnet, because it's like for us in the midst of tough times with our kids and you 
know, even adult children can go through really tough times and have trauma in their lives. And we as parents never grow out of the need to hang on to God's grace and truth for us and his value of us so that we can relate to Mm -hmm. our kids, whether they're 2 or 12 or 22 or 32, with the fullness (laughs) of God and knowing that he is what defines us. Yeah. And this has been really our lifelong journey as a married couple. We started early on in our marriage being exposed to some teaching that compelled us Mm -hmm. early and often to look at the verses in Ephesians, especially the first and the second chapter, as verses that define our identity in Christ. Because the fight of faith is really a fight to remember who Jesus is and who we are because of the work Jesus did at the cross to offer forgiveness for our sins, to invite us to repent, and then to invite us to grow and to believe the truth about who God made us to be. What we believe about what it means to be a parent and how I am as a parent so influences how we interact with our kids on a daily basis. And if my parenting rule in my head is I should be in control of my children all the time and they should be obeying me all the time, (laughs) that is the biggest setup for power struggles and anger. And we basically put our children in charge of our emotions because we've yeah. said, I'm only going to be happy if you are obeying me. So this is a deep sort of question, <laughs> and I'm just kind of curious what you say and what you run into because you're coaching parents all the time. How do you help parents get a hold of those tapes that play? Because so often I think they're sort of unconscious. Like mm-hmm. I grew up in a household where what it meant to be dad was to be right. What it meant to be dad was to be respected just because I'm the dad. What it, you know, uh, There were rules about children should be seen and not heard, and that was all sort of foundational stuff that I grew up with. But early in our marriage, I wasn't even really aware that that rule book was in my head. How do you help parents get a hold in their foundation of that rule book in their head that plays that oftentimes is the opposite of these messages of grace and truth the gospel says are true about us in Christ? Well, most of the time, if you just say, what thought is in your head just before you engage with your child, usually they can Mm. reflect on something Mm -hmm. like, oh, here we go again, or seriously, I shouldn't have to deal with this or something like that. If they just stop and they may not be able to answer at the first time, but then when they start to pay attention, they can go, oh yeah, there's that thought again. That means I'm going in with my angst and my desire to control my child and it is not going to go well. I'm giggling right now because I hear your voice in my head asking me the question (laughs) or making the statement, Jim, what's happening inside of you right now? Because when you talk that way about, and it's not even just kids, it's about anything. It's like, that's what's really going on in you. That's a reflection of what's going on in you. So what is it? And is 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 that something you want to work on, or are you happy with that thought as is? And I'm like, oh, that's Those are hard questions. Those are yep, hard yep. questions, but that's foundational work. So mm-hmm. the judging statement I say about you know a driver on the road that's my most <laughs> difficult place, you know. But that judging thought that I say, what's wrong with this person? How how come they haven't figured it out yet? And can't they get it through their thick? Like we should I, have a podcast on driving. <laughs> No, 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 not just yet. <laughs> I have to be we'll formed another, a little bit more we'll into Christ We'll give you another year, honey, and then I'm putting it on the... I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give that to you. A year from now, we'll do a podcast about my driving and my foundation. <laughs> but, you know, this thing that I'm thinking about is that I get lots of clues based on what I tell other people about my challenges 
about what my judgments and struggles are that I really should be taken to the cross, that I yeah. should be taken to captive to Christ's obedience. Sure. You know, the things that we say about our child when they're not present is often another good indicator of what our judgments, our inner beliefs are. Mm-hmm. And to tune into that and just think those words are probably communicated through my nonverbals, if not my verbals, yeah. and they're becoming my child's identity, and then, therefore, the predictor of their future behavior. Yeah. So it really is an important cycle to get a hold of. And one of my favorite stories from Chad's colleagues coaching, he was coaching a grandma who had suddenly become the caregiver for a very traumatized grandson. He just asked her the question as she was unloading all her complaints about this child, how does God see your grandson? Hmm. And he just said, why don't you just think and pray about that before our next session? It was a transformational question for that grandma as she just realized he sees my grandson as his unique creation created for his good purposes. And their relationship began to really change as a result Hmm. of that. So she identified that thought and then she began to let God shape her mind, her heart, transforming her mind. You know, so there's Romans 12, 1 in action as it relates to parenting or in this case, grandparenting. Yeah. And what I love in this is when we get these realizations, it's not like, you know, the thought then is, oh, shame on me. I am such a negative thinker. It's like, oh, Lord, I repent of that. I'm so thankful Mm -hmm. you showed me so I can walk in something different and better, which is what she did. And this thing that you just modeled, too, is also foundational work. Like, do we hear ourselves say that stuff? to ourselves about ourselves. Oh, yeah. What's wrong with me here? I can never get this right. I'm never going to get this. This I'm is so impossible impatient. for me. Yeah. I'm so impatient. It I'm is. such a pushover. Or I'm Could such a pushover. Another one. Yep. I'm too easy. Mm-hmm. And we say those things to ourselves about ourselves. Right. It, well, are we speaking the truth to ourselves in love, guided by God's spirits yeah. and God's truth about us? Yeah. And we have a link in the show notes because we've just written a blog post about this concept based on a story in one of our books. So if you want a little more information, you can check that show note. So what we've really been talking about here before the break is a couple of things as it relates to building a strong foundation. One is to be diligent to grow in our identity in Christ, to Mm -hmm. take hold of that for which Christ took hold of us. Mm -hmm. And that's hard work. We don't do it in a flippant moment. We don't do it by playing golf. (laughs) We do it by (laughs) being thoughtful, by being prayerful, by submitting and subjecting ourselves to God's work in our lives. Yeah. And it takes time. We have to carve time out to grow in our identity in Christ. And then insight is kind of right alongside that. We've been talking about growing in insight, about those judgments, about Mm -hmm. why I do what I do, about my family of origin issues. What are they and how do they keep affecting me? And what is that unwritten rule book that I play by that it might help me to write down and, again, submit to God a little bit or even a lot of it (laughs) as I grow as a person. And for me personally, growing in insight required a fair bit of counseling as a young dad. I mean, I I I spent a lot of time and money with other people helping me get a hold of some of the stuff that I was so unaware of and had such blinders toward. Yeah, and I just uh, started up again because I've got a couple issues that I really need to take a look at. Yeah, so we're never there. We're always a work in progress. This foundation is never complete. But it's so awesome that God gives us the truth that sets us free. Mm -hmm. So after the break, we're going to take a look at what are some practical sort of outgrowths of growing in our strong foundation that we can be thoughtful of in our home. How do we bring the work that we're doing to strengthen our foundation into relationship with each other? And that's going to be a fun conversation. Hey, everybody. 
Are you wondering what the Connected Families Framework refrigerator magnet that Jim and Lynn are talking about actually looks like? Are you interested in using it to help you parent with peace and purpose? We'd love to get one in your hands. The magnet is only $5 and shipping is included. You'll find all the information in our show notes or go to our website, connectedfamilies.org. Many parents have found that the magnet has been a great quick reference that guides them through heated parenting moments. For me, it's been a valuable tool that I've used many times and has completely changed the way that I've shown up in hard parenting moments. It's really changed so much in my family. I just can't recommend it enough. Be sure to check out our show notes or go to connectedfamilies.org and get your framework magnet today. We're talking about this idea of building a strong foundation, knowing that we never get it perfect. Yeah, that's do right. We, how do we build a strong foundation, knowing who we are, whose we are, growing in a sense of identity in Christ, insight about why we get stuck in some of the things we do, taking captive to Christ's obedience, all the thoughts, all the judgments. But then how do you translate that into life with each other and communicate this message, you're safe with me, to our kids, to really to each other? And it has so much to do with just being so secure in who we are mm. that we can be an open book as appropriate with our kids. And I can still remember the night that I read First Thessalonians 2. If you haven't read it as a parenting chapter, go try it. It's just amazing. And I'll just highlight one specific verse out of it. But Paul is talking about relating to the Thessalonians as if they were his own yeah. dear children. And he says at one point, he says, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well, because you had become so dear to us. Mm. And just that open book, it's like I admit my flaws, I admit my messes, I can be who I am with you, I can apologize and ask forgiveness when I've blown it. It's such a key practical rollout of knowing who we are in Christ and having insight into ourselves so that then we can just be authentic with mm. our kids. So when I am secure in my relationship with Christ, I can be human. I can mm -hmm. I can be okay with this work of progress that I am. I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to project a perfect image. And this reminds me of, of a story that one of our mentors, Donald Miller, shared really in a marketing context, I think, but he talked about this group that he was working with and how he started to notice, you know, the parents who were raising kids that seemed to be catching on to life and taking responsibility mm -hmm. and and really starting to flourish in life. And then the the kids who weren't. And he said, I sort of noticed that between the, the youngsters who were taking a hold of life and those who weren't, a big difference in the parents. And the difference that I noticed in the parents was is that the parents of kids who were starting to struggle and have negative attitudes and sour attitudes, they were parents who kind of were perfect. They projected this perfect image and everything is okay and they didn't admit their flaws, but the, the kids that were flourishing had parents who were able to be honest about their lives and their flaws and, and be human. And he uses that language. It's like, our kids need to know that we're human. Right. I think that's so hard for so many of us who've grown up in settings where maybe our parents, we knew they had flaws because we sort of could see them between the lines, but never apologized to us or never came to us and admitted that they'd made a mistake. Yeah, and those kids end up really lonely because they see the standard is perfection. You have to get it right all the time, and you can't admit when you're struggling. Mm. So then not only am I discouraged and feel like I'm never good enough, but I can't talk about it, so yeah. I'm alone in that. So it's really a key piece of having a, a healthy family. And I remember just... a 
a few months ago, we had a dad come visit the house, and he's talking and sharing about his teenagers, and he's got all these teenagers. He's got like, what, five teenagers? Mm -hmm. And so blessed to have great relationships with my teenagers. And right away, I'm like, ooh, there could be a parenting (laughs) tip in the making in this. And I said, how did you do it? And his first secret or tip fits totally with this principle of authenticity. He says, I practice confessional living. And Mm. I love that phrase. I practice confessional living. It's like my kids know my big mess ups when I was a teenager and I screwed up big time. But I've told them about that. And they've even said, wow, dad, you did that? Yeah, I made some really poor choices. But and then just his honesty when he messes up in the home. So to see this dad beaming over the relationship that we had with his teenagers that was flowing out of I practice confessional living. Yeah, and I'm imagining that there's some parents who hear that. When I make a mistake, I feel ashamed. And then when I go to my kids and tell them, it's like they beat me up with my shame. Like, I really screwed up. Yeah, you did, Dad. You really did screw up, and you better stop it. And I've heard that dynamic Mm -hmm. as we've talked to parents. How is what you're talking about different than that? Well, sometimes as parents are trying to kind of work themselves out of a really negative place with their kids, that's going to be that response from their children. But as parents refuse to take on that shame, going, you know what? I confess, Mm -hmm. I get forgiven from God, no matter whether or not my child does, and I can hold my head up. God is my glory and the lifter of my head. And as I do that, over and over, and I am really sorry and sincerely confess and then leave feeling lighter, no matter, even if my kid slammed me, it's like that's directly getting my value from Jesus in a very practical way that over time, most kids would begin to notice that. I just got sort of almost a surge of lightning bolt energy about what you just said, because it's really about if I go to my kids and give them power to be my forgiver, that's not a healthy power. That makes an idol out of my kids. I need Mm -hmm. them to be okay with me in order for me to be okay. But if I go to God and I confess my sin and I say, boy, I blew it with my kids and I'm guilty as charged and Lord, free me from that and give me confidence to go to them and ask for their forgiveness. Now I go to my children forgiven, like ultimately forgiven, Mm -hmm. a product of gospel relationship as opposed to needing my kids to be my forgiver. Right. Is that it? Yeah, that's I, it. I, I mean, I just I just got a hold of that idea really for the first time mm-hmm. here, and it's exciting to think yeah. about it that way. And that is the difference between needing them to forgive us and offering them to forgive us, but that's up to them. Right. And so I can walk in peace, and oftentimes that begins to really affect our relationship with our kids, but not always. Mm-hmm. But. Who is the the ultimate judge of us? It's God, and he's just calling us. You know, what does the Lord require but to to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God, not to get your kids to respond a certain way when you realize you've blown it. So if I don't need my children to forgive me and get all gushy when I make a confession, then I can just do it. Mm -hmm. And it's what I'm called to. It's what I want to do. And it frees me to walk in greater joy and peace. And that says what foundation is. It's like, I walk in joy and peace, authenticity with my kids, and I let their responses yeah. be their so responses. If you're my daughter and I've sinned against you by criticizing you in a way that hurt your feelings and I feel bad about that and you're mad at me because of this and this has happened before and I come to you and say, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm just such a bad parent sometimes and you deserve better than me. So that's an apology, quote unquote, that really is more mm-hmm. of a shame-filled admission. Yeah. If you looked at it like what specifically did you do that you wished you had not yeah. done with a perspective of God's grace in the whole yeah. thing, 
How might that look differently? So then recognizing that the conviction that I feel is not about just a bad feeling of shame for being a bad parent. It's God's spirit convicting me of something I did that I ought not do. Lord, forgive me for that. Help me to do this differently according to your purposes and plans and speak more confidently. So now I can go to you and I can say, you know, I just need to apologize because I said some things to you that were hurtful and that weren't true. And I'd love it if you could forgive me. What I wish I had said was that I I think you've got a hold of a situation that you're struggling with and I want to be here for you if called on. And I've seen you get through this kind of thing before, but will you forgive me for not doing it that way? And now you're my child and you can look at me and go, oh, you're confident and I can't argue with that. And I don't have any power to shame you anymore because you're, you know what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. Right? right. And I know what I do. I know what I'm doing because I've I've surrendered this process to God's work in my life. So as we can be authentic like that and just confess our when we blow it and share our struggles and our, our weaknesses with our kids in confidence that we're a work in progress, it just helps the whole family culture become more safe. Like we don't have to be perfect mm-hmm. all the time. And a culture of safety is really important for kids to thrive. Mm-hmm. And this dad that I was talking about who practices confession living. His second hot button tip <laughs> was, I have a 100% no freak out rule. And I love the way he said that. I have a 100% no freak out rule. So practically speaking, <laughs> what did he mean by that? He means no matter what his kids share, so his kids can be authentic and no matter what they share, he's not going to go, what? Uh, you did what? <laughs> right, right. He's going to say something like, wow, that's really different. Let me think about that or something. I'm sure he's got some phrases in his head that he's got ready to go for when his kids say something that might send him normally through the roof. So this is about a dad who, because he knows who he is in Christ, when his kids tell him shocking things, Mm -hmm. he wants to live by a rule that says, that can't freak me out because that's not where I get my value. So if you tell me that you have done something you shouldn't have done that we've talked about that you shouldn't do or that that you decided something you know crazy that I'm not going to be supportive of, that I'm not going to freak out at it. Right. Which gives a parent their best chance at really helping the child think wisely about that yep. situation. Because when we freak out, then everybody's brains go hyper mm-hmm. and we don't do our best thinking as parents and our kids don't do their best thinking as kids and we end up in more power struggles because the part of our brain that's engaged is the part that either fights or runs away, right? Right. So there was one dad actually married to the mom who had the My Pyramid is Upside Down Mm. (laughs) insight. And, you know, as his son was a teenager, he was still quite challenging. And he said, one time I just laid down on the floor, face down, and it was impossible to yell at my child in that position. So he was taking concrete (laughs) steps to be safe, to be calm. To not freak out. To not freak out. He he was working on his own little version of a no freak out rule when his son was struggling. And all this creates a culture of safety where our kids can begin to grow in wisdom about their own lives. So this is a big and a deep subject, how to grow in a strong foundation and become people who are authentic and creating a culture of safety. And we've got a lot of resources that can help you. But, you know, hopefully even in this short time today, you've been inspired to look at this magnet and go, all right, I can build a strong foundation. I can communicate this message. You're safe with me. You can be a person receiving and passing on God's grace and truth as you look inward before you start acting outward. And that's our hope and prayer for this time. Are you enjoying our podcasts? Please rate and review so others can find us more easily. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We look forward to next time when Jim and Lynn talk about learning how to make sure your kids know you love them no matter what and you also enjoy them. 
For more information about Connected Families or to pick up your own Connected Families Framework Magnet, visit ConnectedFamilies.org.